This is The Guardian. Today, 14 years after The Blind Side was a box office hit, the lawsuit alleging the story behind the film was a big lie. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. It's 2009. Barack Obama is the US president. The number one song in America is Fireflies by Owl City. No, I don't remember it either. People are still going to cinemas, and millions are turning out to see a film starring Sandra Bullock called The Blind Side, based on a best-selling book. And Andrew Lawrence, a senior writer with The Guardian, was among them. The film is about a southern belle who happened upon a black high schooler. Big Mike, why were you going to the gym? Because it's, it's warm. Do you have any place to stay tonight? Don't you dare lie to me. And through her grit and determination, molded this guy into a college football star and a future NFL pro. Tony, here's your quarterback, all right? You protect his blind side. When you look at him, you think of me, how you have my back, how you have his, okay? Yeah. Pretty cringy in retrospect. But it's easy to forget that back then, The Blind Side was a big deal. It was incredibly successful. Blind Side is the underdog hit of the film world this season. I believe it is the most successful sports movie about football of all time. And they were number one three weeks after it opened, even surpassed Twilight in ticket sales. Made well over $300 million at the box office. When my wife and I saw the movie, we both just were blown away by how powerful the story is. And I think what even makes it more just touching is that it's true. <laughs> In addition to that, it was a uh, incredibly unlikely, and I cannot stress this enough, incredibly unlikely Oscar darling. And the winner is Sandra Bullock in the Blind Side. It was a true upset, critically and commercially. But there's so many people to thank, not enough time, so I would like to thank what this film was about for me, which are the moms that take care of the babies and the children no matter where they come from. There were critics at the time, Drew included. It also treated Michael, imbued him with the, the intelligence of a, of a two-cell organism. Even as the film begins, the camera really like singles in on his body parts and the things that sort of make him exceptional. And so right away, the audience is meant to understand him as a commodity and not a person. Now, a lawsuit filed by the man at the heart of the film, the former NFL player Michael Orr, alleges the blind side wasn't just embarrassing, it was based on a lie. 
And the story it told about Michael continues to haunt him more than a decade later. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus. The Blind Side and Hollywood's Blind Spot. Drew, can you start by telling me about the time you met Michael Orr? What was he like as a person? So in uh, 2009, I met him midway through that NFL season. I was sent for Sports Illustrated to Baltimore, the team that had drafted him, uh, basically about him trying to make a name for himself. It turned the page from the attention that he had garnered through this best-selling book. And it just so happened that the sort of time frame in his professional life that I came to meet him was you know, days ahead of the movie's premiere. What was the real Michael like? What kind of person was he like? He was incredibly measured, the kind of person who, you know, sizes you up before he starts to reveal himself. I found him to be incredibly bright, uh, very uh, dry-witted. A number of his teammates sort of remarked to me, you know, he would make a lot of jokes that you wouldn't catch you know, that you really had to be sort of listening to him closely. But for the most part, I found him to be not a spotlight seeker, a guy who really was trying to fit in and prove his value to the team and be embraced in what at the time was one of the most uh, alpha locker rooms in the, uh, in the NFL. When you went to speak to him, this was on the cusp of the film coming out. What is the story of him as portrayed in that film? The basic beats are right, that he came from an incredibly disadvantaged household, living in poverty in sort of like a council housing, I guess you would say, in the Memphis, Tennessee area. You know, an absentee father, a mother who had substance uh, addiction, and that, you know, Leanne Tuohy, who is portrayed by uh, Sandra Bullock in the film, you know, happens to be out driving one night on a rainy night and happens upon Michael by this point towards the tail end of high school on the side of the road, you know, takes him in, dusts him off and decides that she is going to uh, play a role in giving him a, a brighter future. And of course, that that comes totally through tapping into his his incredible football potential. It's my... Yes, sir. What? Never had one before. What, a room to yourself? A bet. What did he think of the film? How did he talk about it? Well, I was warned before I came to speak to him that there, there was a strong chance that he would shut down in the interview if I spent too much time talking about the blind side because he was already uncomfortable with the way he was portrayed in the book and that the film threatened to blow up those uncomfortable elements a hundredfold. What was it about Michael, though, Leanne, that made you want to have Sean stop the car and, and, and go and get him? Uh, you know, if I knew the answer to that, that'd be worth a million dollars. Michael was there. He had a need. We were had the ability to fill it. 
Um, we all fell madly in love with him within probably 48 hours, and um, he was just an instant part of this family. And, and then you know, who Sean are the Tui family, the family that play this heroic and very stylized role in the film? So the Tuies are a prominent family in Memphis. Here's this black kid, you take him into your home, great big hulking black guy. I mean, did, did you feel concerned about that? Well, I, I, no. I, no? I, you know, it, it may be of, of, of obvious proportions. When you look at Michael to us, it just didn't seem that important. Sean Tuie has a distinction of being like one of the best college basketball players in the history of uh, the University of Mississippi. And he went on to, with his wife, Leanne, build a successful uh, sort of fast food franchise. I believe they were uh, KFC Taco Bell franchisees. This is a family that has tremendous influence in Memphis, uh, outsized influence at the uh, University of Mississippi, where they are their boosters. What, what is a booster? That would be somebody who plays a role in recruiting players to to the University of Mississippi and and fundraising for the athletics department. The Baltimore Ravens select Michael Orr, offensive tackle, Mississippi. So tell me about that career that he would go on to have. He played eight seasons. He appeared in two Super Bowls. He won one of them. I mean, he was a huge success. He was incredibly successful. You know, it's a guy who has a story, is incredibly overhyped, and faces nothing but pressure to meet those immense expectations. Good job by Michael Orr being alert. The arm was coming forward. The latest and greatest generation of players at his positions. And while he didn't have, you know, like a like a Hall of Fame career, he still played an incredibly long time, won a Super Bowl in two appearances. Have won it. 34-31. Anything's possible. My background is you no know, bad background, and you know people said a lot of people said I couldn't do it. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. By any standard metric, he met you know sort of like the base level expectations set out for him. This picture of an emotional Leanne Tui hugging her adopted son, Big Mike who some neighbors felt that she and her family should have never taken in. He was just so excited, and I was just sobbing. I mean, I was absolutely sobbing. And now he's a Super Bowl champion. Now we won the Super Bowl! Drew, from the outside, the story of Michael Orr and the Tui family, it looks like a fairy tale. When does this all begin to turn a little bit sour? A number of years after Michael enters the league and establishes himself, he writes a book in an attempt to retake the narrative of his life story. And in that book, he does explicitly say that you know, the arrangement that he has with the Tuies is a conservatorship. But you know, reading it, I believe that his understanding of it or general understanding of it is that this is just another form of adoption. Michael, we have something we'd like to ask you. What? Well, Leanne and I, we, well, we'd like to become your legal guardians. What's that mean? What it means is, is that we want to know 
if you would like to become part of this family. Kind of thought I already was. <laughs> Throughout that, publicly, the two E's who have gone on to found a multi-million dollar foundation on the back of the profile they gained from this wildly successful film in their speaking engagements, in their in their own book. They refer to Michael as their son and categorize their relationship to him as an adoption. You know, we're, we're leaving the door wherever God takes us. We're well, you know, we didn't door. go out to adopt. That's right. We get a lot of credit for that, which is great. Keep giving us that. But truth is, you know, I tease people. We weren't really happy with the two we had. We sure weren't going after <laughs> another one. But, but, but really, we feel... And it's the only explanation that makes any sense is we feel Michael was sent to us. So, you know, for all the world, he's a vested member of their family. So can you explain the difference to us? I mean, what is the difference between adoption and a conservatorship of the kind that famously Britney Spears was under for 10 years and that became such a high profile campaign to try to free her from? What is a conservatorship? So an adoption would be them entering a legal agreement in which the law recognizes Michael as their son, entitled to whatever, you know, resources, protections, etc., that would be treated as a dependent in their family, as an ex of kin, all the rest of it. And a conservatorship just basically twists that to say that this is a person who's has some sort of like physical or mental incapacity to make important decisions for themselves. So we will act, we will make those decisions on their behalf. The key difference between the two things is that in a conservatorship, it's a one-way street. So Britney Spears's father, in that case, was able to make legally binding agreements on her behalf that generated money and entitled him to a percentage of that money as her conservator and also to be paid as you know, the director of her conservatorship. It's a top-down relationship as opposed to a um, as opposed to like a, a symbiotic one. Okay, so at the time, there's a pretty wide gap between the way that this story is portrayed to the public and the legal arrangements that are really at play in the relationship between Michael Orr and the Tuies. But at the time, Michael seems to be okay with the conservatorship. He continues to thank the family publicly. He's at the peak of his NFL career. And then in the last few months, that seems to change. Tell me about that. Since the Free Britney, hashtag Free Britney movement, we now know that a conservatorship is way different from an adoption. And I think as he got deeper in his career, got older especially, he began to question why this type of arrangement and not an adoption, one. And two, how he was still under a conservatorship well into his 30s. So he's 37 years old now, and you're telling me he's still under this conservatorship. I'm telling you exactly that. He is still in the conservatorship. Well, today, Michael Ower, the former NFL player that that movie's based on, said most of it is a lie. 
The world found out about this in early August when he filed a lawsuit in Tennessee against the Tuies. And court documents or alleging he and the Tuies signed what he thought were adoption papers in 2004 after he had turned 18. Basically asking to be released from this covenant and also for money that the family generated through the production of the film. Uh, The legal petition indicates that he wants that conservatorship to end. And also he's asking uh, that the family of the Tuohys stop using his name and likeness and also to pay him his fair share from the profits they could have made from using his name. And he explicitly says that because of the conservatorship, they took the liberty to sign away his life rights and cut him out of participating in the future profits of the book and the film. Interesting. So not only is he stung by the fact that the arrangement he's in is actually nothing like an adoption, but that these people who have been like parents to him, he thinks have actually been exploiting him. They've been making money off his story and keeping him in a legal arrangement where he can't say, hey, this is my money too. I should get a slice of it. Right. Not only not my money, but it's not even my my story anymore. Like He can't even go out and make another film about himself because the two he's technically uh, at least according to his claim sold off his uh his life rights already so some studios holding on to that they tricked him into making the family his conservators instead and that they made millions off his name from a movie that you see the quote here that would not have existed without him i do believe that michael's claims to like these massive millions of dollars that the family took in may be, you know, sort of like over-imagined just to sort of like from what we know of, uh, of the film business. I mean, Michael Lewis, who wrote the best-selling book that the movie is based on, has come out and said, you know, like he only made 70 grand from his, his cut of that deal. So, uh, so I, I don't think that Michael will, will have much of a forensic accounting boost there. But there's no doubt that that the prominence that the film gave to the Tuohys sort of added value to their existing business and to their nonprofit. So here's this large African-American young man in a lily white neighborhood. He's inappropriately dressed for the weather. It's a holiday. I was like, what's the deal? And so I turned to my husband and I said, turn around platform for Leanne Tui to tour as a public speaker and charge, you know, anywhere from 15000 to $50,000 for a speaking appearance. We pulled up next to Michael. I got out of the car, just like the movie showed, and I said, hey, I'm Leanne Tui. My kids go to school with you. I said, where are you going? What does the Tui family say in response to this lawsuit? The Tuis have said that they split like $225,000 between the five of them, and they said that they have they have tried to uh, distribute uh, Michael's share to him, and that he has he has refused it. The Tui's attorney calling the accusations hurtful and absurd, telling ABC News the notion they would connive to withhold a few thousand dollars in profit participation payments from anyone, let alone from someone they loved as a son, defies belief. Yes, it's you know they're the seven stages of. Uh... Grief. Uh, yeah, they started out by expressing their, you know, shock and dismay. The family made famous in the Oscar-winning film, blindsided by what they call a ludicrous lawsuit filed by Michael Orr. These people are truly devastated. I mean, this was their son. 
The Tui family attorney speaking out tonight. And then went right from that to anger and called it a, a shakedown and that they vowed to protect their name and reputation, which is ironic because that's exactly what, what Michael is pursuing as well. Sean and Leanne Tui are both fighting back this morning. I seen Michael Orr attempted to extort them for $15 million before the former NFL player filed the petition, alleging that instead of legally adopting him, the couple tricked him into making them his conservators in order to earn millions. But the one thing that they acknowledge, even amidst their furious reaction to the lawsuit, is that Michael is indeed in a conservatorship. And for a family that has been saying for the last 15 years that he's their adopted child, I feel like that's a major concession and lends a lot of credence to the claims that Michael makes in his case. And have they agreed at least that he should be released from this arrangement. He should be able to regain the right to act as like an independently legal person as a 37-year-old who's already had one successful career behind him. A 37-year-old with a successful career who's written two books, who's married with kids. I mean, it's incredible that they still have this hold on him. But yes, they did acknowledge the conservatorship and agreed to dissolve it. The two is denying taking one penny from the arrangement, adding should Mr. Orr wish to terminate the conservatorship, either now or at any time in the future, the Tuies will never oppose it in any way. To me, that doesn't address the fundamental problem of, you know, this kid's relationship to you and you know are you gonna mend fences and adopt him but you know properly adopt him and make some sort of restitution or are you just going to cut ties and uh, and call it a day coming up would a film like the blind side still be made today Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus 
today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Today in Focus. What do you think the impact of this fame, of having this version of his story become world famous? What impact has this all had on the life of Michael Orr? Perceptions about his intelligence never leave. You know, even as he's proven himself, he's gone to Super Bowls, he's started for teams, there's still evaluators in the NFL who doubt his ability to synthesize and master complex pro schemes and play at a high level because of a movie that they saw 10 years ago. I mean, in the public imagination, it's almost like no matter the reality of him, the reality of his story, he's always going to be the kid who could barely read or write at age 18, who in fact in the movie had to be taught how to play football by the Tui's younger son, while in reality he was already recognised as, as a real prodigy before he even met the family. Right, right. Now, see, this just means that you're going to block whoever's in front of you or on your inside shoulder. There are many cringeworthy scenes in that movie, but something about their elementary school-age son teaching this high school football player how to play on the offensive line using kitchen condiments on their table. You know, it's it's disgusting, frankly. Now, I'll be the running back, and you show me what you're supposed to do. Ready? Hi. You know the family takes him in because he's an athletic prodigy. You know, doesn't f- understand, like, the fundamental rules of his sport. It's crazy. If you could go back and change, rewrite, that movie in any way, what would you do? What's missing is a kid that a kid that was already on a path and he was well on his way. And a lot of the hard work from from three years old to eighteen is when I moved in uh, with the family. Mm-hmm. In less than a year, and I was off to college. A lot of hard work taken from me. My back was against the wall all my life. From the time I was three years old, my first memory is being homeless. Three to ten, I was in and out of foster care, shelters, on the streets. Why do you think the film was made that way? Why do you think this was the version of the story that the public and the critics wanted so badly to be true? The obvious story may be the easiest to appeal to the to the widest possible audience, and you got to make it about the personal story. Beyond that, I think, you know, America loves a white savior story. They love a story about, you know, that sort of subverts the idea of this country and its, uh, you know, institutional racism when there's like a one a lone white figure who actually makes a bond with somebody in the black community and and improves their life for the better. You've seen it in The Help, The Green Book, The Green Mile, the list goes on and on about these movies about about you know driving Miss Daisy. Like this is a very well-worn film trope, but the the blind side sort of took it to you know its umpteenth potential, you know, this little old middle-aged southern belle taking in this enormous black guy and you know teaching him how to be a hulk on the football field is just a really you know it's never been stretched thinner 
I think what you're doing is so great. To open up your home to him. Honey, you're changing that boy's life. No. In the years since this film came out, there's been this growing awareness of the pernicious problem of discrimination in American life, I mean, all around the world. Do you think this same kind of film would be made again today? Oh, I think it could absolutely be made again today. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think it could easily be made again today. And I think it would split the country between, you know, the people who sort of see it for what it is and the stereotypes that it means to perpetuate and, and deepen. And I think there'd be another section of the country that would think it's like an incredibly heartwarming story and that uh, Orr's um, lawsuit is basically a case of like no good deed goes unpunished. So uh, if anything, the uh, the naysayers would be much more vocal now than they were, than we were at the time. But um but, you know, we were definitely naysaying when this when this film came out, when the book came out. So, yeah. Yeah. So The Blind Side 2 coming to a cinema near you. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I would not. I would, it would not shock me at all. Yeah. Drew, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Andrew Lawrence, a senior features writer with Guardian US. And his coverage of this lawsuit is at theguardian.com. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Sammy Kent. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Elizabeth Casson. And we'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.